In today's Gospel from Matthew, we come across two groups of people, the Pharisees and the Herodians. So the Pharisees are the leaders of the Jewish people, religious leaders. And, um, and they did, did not get along well with the Romans. You know, Caesar um, is the Roman emperor. Now the Herodians are people who collaborated with the, with the Roman emperor. They were okay with working with him. So the Pharisees and the Herodians were, um, were at odds in terms of what their goals were and the, and the way they looked at the Roman emperor. And, um, and in this case, both of them come together with one goal, to bring down Jesus. It's in many senses like, um, like the superheroes coming together, right? You can think about Infinity Wars or whatever, uh, Marvel movies, you know, you, you always have people coming together. So, 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 so Herodians and the Pharisees are coming together to bring down Jesus. And they ask a great question. They say, is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Now, there is a history uh, behind paying tax. So in paying tax to the Roman emperor, you are legitimizing his rule. Uh, the emperors thought of themselves as demigods. So for Jewish people, it is difficult. Um, so Jesus is presented with two options. If he says yes, pay the taxes, then he's sympathizing with the Romans. And so the Jewish people will go against Jesus. If he says no, then he is revolting. The Herodians are going to inform the Roman emperor. In the past, there was a guy who revolted. There was a tax revolt and the person was executed and killed. So Jesus comes with this reply. He says, repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Is it a clever answer? Yes. But there is something more than cleverness that is in display with this answer. On the surface, when you look at this verse, it would seem that there is a demarcation, a separation between, drawn between religion and politics. What one owes to Caesar versus what one owes to God. So it's important for us to understand what Jesus is trying to say and what he's not saying. Caesar represents politics, government, the political realm. We are all citizens. We are citizens of a state, nation, um, and we have duties as citizens. So that is what Caesar represents. But that does not mean that, that we have to choose between political obligations and religious obligations. What Jesus is saying, you don't need to choose. 
where you can fulfill both the obligations in a legitimate way. Repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. So follow the law, pay the taxes, engage in the political process. And that is what belongs to Caesar. So what belongs to God? Everything. Everything belongs to God. The psalmist would say, Lord's is the earth and its fullness, the world and all its people. If you remember, Jesus asked the Herodians a question. He asked them to show the coin. And he asked them, whose image does this coin have? And they say, Caesar. And therefore, Jesus says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But what Jesus implies is that we are all stamped with the image of God, including Caesar. We are all stamped with the image of God. Yes, the coin belongs to Caesar, but Caesar, along with everything, belongs to God. So our highest obligation in life is to give ourselves back to our Creator. Our secular world that we live in tries to create a sharp demarcation between religion and politics. We will tolerate religion and faith as long as they are a private matter. But do not bring them out into the public. Public means in public discourse, in schools, in colleges, when making public policy, in civic engagements, in digital spaces that we are in, Facebook, Instagram. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a letter which is famously called the letter from a Birmingham jail. Martin Luther King Jr. was fighting for civil rights against segregation. And he was writing this letter in response to his fellow clergymen who thought that his civil rights actions were extremist. So Martin Luther is trying to explain that he is faced with two opposing forces. A group of black people who he calls who do nothing. Either they have, because of segregation and, and persecution, um, have um, lost their self-respect and, um, and just accepted the status quo. And there are others who also do nothing, even though they are black, they're economically better. Um, we could call them middle class, but they have something to gain from segregation. So they also do nothing. Then there is the other group, the black nationalists, who use hatred and violence to express their displeasure. 
So Martin Luther King was pre presented with these two options. And in the letter he says, I'm choosing a more excellent way, a way of love and nonviolent protest. And he credits this to the influence of the church. It was because of church's influence on him that he was able to find this way. And he makes the case for this being the best approach. In recent times, I don't know if you've been following um, politics and um, the political realm recently, um, there, there has been a new Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. There was a, a vacancy created in the Supreme Court because of the death of one of the justices. Now, Amy Coney Barrett, who's been nominated, is 48 years old. She's married for 21 years. She has seven children. And she's deeply Catholic. She's been a professor for many years at the University of Notre Dame. She's currently serving as a judge on one of the circuit courts. But, uh, but if you've been hearing the news, reading, you've been listening to the hearing process um, that took place last week, everybody, or at least most in the public, looked at her religious convictions with an eye of doubt. A lot of them question her being pro-life. They do not want to consider her academic um, skills, her intellect, which is, you know, unmatchable, which is beyond um, um, average and, and smart. But they are targeting her, in, in certain sense, for being too religious. And in a way, that kind of tells us where a public space is, a public discourse is. So our, our, our Christian principles are not a threat to our lives. Rather, they bring clarity. They help us collaborate in bringing or, or in working towards the common good not just our own personal good, but the good of everybody, every community. Today we celebrate World Mission Sunday all across the world. And Pope Francis gives us a theme. The theme is, here I am, send me. The world is in crisis, it is divided. There is no place for God today in the world. And God is presented with a challenge, or, or he's trying to challenge us and humanity in general. Whom shall I send? Whom shall I send to take away these problems, to resolve this? So we all are called to mission. We're all called to step out. Step out because of the love of God and the love of neighbor. We're called to step out of our rooms 
You know, a lot of the times we get caught up in our own rooms, out of our bed, out of the screen that we kind of look constantly, out of our own selfishness, out of fear, out of fear into a life of purpose and meaning. So we have to encounter and give ourselves completely to our friends that we meet, to family members, parents to their children, children to their parents. Give ourselves completely to the church and the different ministries that we have. We have some amazing people, I mean, you know, in this parish, um, people who give time to, um, to listen to other families, to listen to couples that are going through conflict, trying to save their marriage. So we have such people here. We have characters who kind of, again, give themselves their time in educating and forming our children in our workplaces, in public office. Some of us will be called to give ourselves as consecrated men and women missionaries, some as priests. God says it's only in giving of yourself will you find yourself. We have elections coming up in a few weeks. And it's easy to say, you know, I don't want to vote. Um, you know, it's, it's, this, this politics is too divided. But as citizens, we all have an obligation. We have a duty to go and vote. We've got to use uh, the Christian principle, the Christian teaching, um, in discerning who would be the right person. But we are called to engage in this political process. So do not allow the separation, this demarcation to be drawn between religion and politics. Christian values are to inform all decisions, including our political decisions. Repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Yes, we should. But Caesar, along with everything else, belongs to God. 